Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, a one-shot actual play role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and all-around host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. All intellectual properties, including game material, setting material, music, and whatever else, is used without permission. None of it is ours. We're just using it to enhance our gameplay. But, an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S-T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyHammerK and on Instagram at SkyHammerPress. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas... Check out our Roll D4 adventure prompts on social media. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 adventure. Before getting started today, I want to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on Treaty 6 territory. What is now known as Edmonton, Alberta, is a traditional meeting ground, gathering place, and traveling route for the Cree, Nakota Sioux, Salto, Blackfoot, Dene, and Métis peoples. As someone who was born in this province, I grew up seeing cowboy culture and rodeos and westerns everywhere. I did not grow up learning about the atrocities of settlement and colonization and residential schools. I'm doing what I can today to educate myself and my children on the generational injustices that have been perpetrated by the Canadian government and the Canadian people on the Indigenous cultures and people who are here before us. It is my belief that a path forward to reconciliation is possible, but there is still a lot of work to be done. I felt that when putting out a Western-themed role-playing game one-shot, some very particular things needed to be said and acknowledged. If you haven't learned more in this time of protesting by marginalized voices, I urge you to do so, to listen to pay attention, and to help effect change. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Roll20. With the pro features on Roll20, you can create dynamic lighting, particle effects, program character sheets, and so much more. Plus, if you have any sort of subscription, you play without advertisements. But if you're strapped for cash, you can still sign up on Roll20.net and use this excellent virtual tabletop absolutely free. In this episode, we used a paid-for module called Quick Encounters Trains by Gabriel Pickard. I've got a link in the show notes. Now, to the talking about the game before the game. Deadlands is a Weird West RPG that was originally published in 1996. It had a second edition in 1999, and the Deadlands Reloaded version was released in 2006. That was about the time I started hearing about it, and I was pretty excited to try it and its spin-off particularly Deadlands Noir. Unfortunately, I never did get around to playing it. For Season 3 of Massive Damage Adventures, I decided that now was the time to explore some Wild West supernatural horror. As you could tell from the intro of this episode, I've had some trouble with Western stories and tropes in the past few years. 
I've been unable to really separate the entertainment from the realities of history. When I was considering Deadlands for an episode, I knew that I could only run it if I struck a middle ground where we acknowledge the harmful tropes and the evil that settlers did to native peoples, former slaves, and other laborers, but that I didn't feature it in our story. It happened, it was true, but I wouldn't depict it. I added the game to the schedule and started trying to figure out what story I wanted to tell with the Deadlands Reloaded rules. Then, as I was just getting ready to write in earnest, Pinnacle Entertainment Group launched a Kickstarter for a new edition. I reached out and was able to snag a press copy of the game, and, as fortune would have it, we're releasing this game to coincide with the digital release of the Kickstarter files. The print production was set to run in November, but, you know, COVID, so they're now targeting a January 2021 release for print. If you want to get in on the latest edition of Deadlands, you can still join as a late backer until January 4th on Pledge Manager. I've put a link to that in the show notes as well. So... Thank you, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, for the opportunity to run your game on our podcast. Very much appreciated. Deadlands is powered by the Savage Worlds role-playing system. It's a generic set of rules like Cypher or GURPS or Cortex that you can apply to any setting. The Deadlands book is not standalone. You need to have a copy of Savage Worlds to make characters and get all of the base rules. What Deadlands adds is setting information, antagonists, additional rules, and setting-specific character options. The rules themselves are pretty straightforward. The players are wild cards, which means they're tougher than your usual character, three hits to knock them down. And they're luckier. Every trait or skill has a die rating from 1d4 to 1d12, and the base target number is usually a 4. If you roll the highest value on your die, you ace, and get to roll it again and add it to the total. For every 4 that you exceed the target number, you gain a raise a beneficial detail added to your result. As a wildcard, you always roll a special 1d6 called the wild die, and you take the better between your trait die and your wild die. Other specific systems include an initiative track set by a deck of cards and bennies, a player resource used for influencing the story, re-rolling dice, preventing wounds, and so on. Now, to what I think about it. The core book is gorgeous and sort of worn, It's got a lot of flavor and a lot of hooks to get players and marshals invested in the story. One mechanic from Savage Worlds that I really love is how quickly damage can explode, because dice don't just ace on resolution rolls. If you roll maximum on your damage dice, they continue to roll and add to the total. It makes for the occasional really narrative big swing that changes a combat. I think the latest Deadlands book does a great job introducing someone new to the setting or the system. There's a pervasive theme that anybody who's ever watched a Western can grok. I mean, you'll hear it when you listen to the rest of the episode. From the -the over-the-top characters, to the random yeehaws, to the campy pulp action. Western stories have a lot of genre trappings that people recognize. Cards and poker chips, spurs, hats, saloons, and so on. Throw in some ghouls, ghosts, and werewolves, and... There's nothing that people don't recognize, it's just remixed. So you create a game setting that is pretty plug-and-play, easy to get into. And beyond the superficial things, the stories are familiar, surviving against unbeatable odds and riding into the sunset. Westerns may not be for everyone, but the genre is as pervasive as sword and sorcery or gothic horror. 
In our game today, a notorious criminal is being transported by train from Sacramento to Salvation. The players today included Andrew Wedman, playing Armadillo Andreas, a law dog, Dan Witten, playing Deputy Pete, a.k.a. Prairie Dog Pete, Earl Woods, playing Peter Kent, a muckracker, Katie Witten, playing Sylvester Smiley Snyder, a drifter, David Hughes, playing Maximilian Klaus, an alchemist, and Jen Blackmoyer, playing Olive Ollie Fenner, a businesswoman. It was a cold day in Sacramento when you boarded the 310 to Salvation. It's a small train, one passenger car, two of cargo, and the caboose. The other travelers are a quiet, reserved lot. Most keep into themselves and avoid an eye contact. Everybody's got secrets, but the frontier is a place for secrets. Salvation has a dark sort of reputation to it. The sort where people who come back talk in hushed whispers and don't say much even then. It's a five-hour trip, and you reckon you'll arrive just after sundown. So, we'll move everybody over to the train car, and Andrew can go ahead and describe how his character is uh, set up here. Although, you know what? I'm going to change this, because Andrew and uh, Dan are together because they are uh, partners. So we'll have Andrew, then Dan, and then we'll go back up to Earl. All right. Well, I'm all Miguelo Andreas. And I'm sitting next to who was it that was wanted? A wanted criminal. Um, I got a uh, stubbly, uh, stubbled face and just a, a mean look on my face. Yeah, and your wanted criminal is Sarah Songbird Strickland. Um, and she is already on the train, so I'll set you and uh, and David up beside, or sorry, and Dan up beside. Dan, you want to go ahead and talk about your character? Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, my name is uh, Prairie Dog Pete. And uh, he is um, a bit of kind of the polar opposite of Armadillo Andreas, whereas Armadillo Andreas is all cool. Prairie Dog Pete is, uh, he's got a bit of a baby face. Uh, you kind of look at him, he looks like he's a bit of a kid. His hat is too big for his head. He's kind of constantly pushing it up and he's got no facial hair whatsoever. Kind of a lanky build and he's got his hands on his hips kind of, swaggering around, just looking around, trying to trying to be real cool, trying to be real tough. He feels pretty tough, and he's pretty sure that everyone looking at him thinks he's the toughest guy around. All right, let's meet Earl's character. All right, well, Peter Kent is in his late 20s. Uh, he's fresh to the West, uh, came from uh, down East, and he wants to make fame and fortune by investigating the uh, strange goings-on out here in uh, California. Uh, he's uh, wearing a flamboyant uh, white suit with a pink bow tie. Uh, he's uh, clean-shaven um, and, uh, yeah, sort of a fresh-faced, fra- fresh um, annoyingly innocent-looking kind of fellow. And he can't seem to stop blabbing. 
uh, if anybody gives them a chance. That's really funny. All right, Katie. Okay, so um, my character's name is Sylvester Snyder, but uh, he's got the unfortunate nickname of being called Smiley, which is an ironic nickname because he's constantly frowning. He's probably never smiled in his life. Um, he's just basically a really grouchy looking dude. Um, and uh, if anybody's seen uh, Westworld, I accidentally picked a picture of one of the Westworld characters that I didn't know. <laughs> so he looks exactly like Hector from Westworld, I guess. And uh, which, anyways, that guy's cool, so I, I, I can dig it. But uh, basically, he's just drowning and uh, he's interesting in a, a drink and he's like not excited. Okay, then that's on to David. Uh, guten Tag. I am uh, Maximilian Klaus. I am very clearly from England and not from Germany. Um, <laughs> I'm going to apologize for my accent because I'm really bad at accents. Um, <laughs> it's going to drift probably into Russian or Swedish, Australian at some point. Um, at any rate, um, I am an old man. Um, I am a chemist. I uh, am good with potions. And, um, you know, like many people, I am obsessed with uh, youth and beauty because I lack both of those things. Yeah, and Jen is up. Okay, so my character is Ollie Fenner, also Olive Fenner. She is from... Uh, England. She is from old money, rich money, and she's uh, quite, she's young, um, but she's very stern and she's got glasses and she tries to be very serious because she is so young and she's trying to diversify her family's wealth here in the Americas and she's trying to bust into the um, rail titans. So she actually has bought this rail line you're riding on. Okay. And so you've been riding the train, the six of you, uh, and all of these other folk for about 30 minutes now, and everybody's settled and sitting in their chairs. Uh, so if you want to get up and walk around and interact, you are able to. You can see that there's, um, other than... Uh, the two law dogs uh, taking the prisoner. Um, people of note include uh, what looks like a fancy businessman, a Southern Bell type woman, uh, two maybe 14 year old boys who share sort of a family resemblance, an uh, older, gruff looking man, a young woman who looks like she comes from money as opposed to sorry i said southern bell but she's an elder southern bell the old woman with some gray hair um uh looks like a farmhand woman with a with a big hat and uh brother and sister duo in some uh sort of traveling leather type gear
Oh, and I've actually put the brother and sister in the wrong place. I'm going to switch these guys. Because there's apparently also uh, someone who looks kind of unsavory. Oh. Um, Why was I looking at the wrong car? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start out just by uh, just kind of taunting uh, our catch a little bit. Her name is uh, Songbird, right? That is correct. I'm just gonna gonna turn to her and kind of just like I'm pretending to chew something. I don't even have anything to chew, but I'm just gonna be like, "Well, you see here, ma'am. Um, I I reckon that uh, you are about done this time. We're going to be taking you all the way to salvation, and you are going to be tried for your crime. So uh, don't you be getting any here thoughts about escaping or uh, doing any sort of mischief because." Uh, when Peridot Pete's on the case, so I'm going to make sure there's no mischief whatsoever. You hear me. And she kind of like, uh, I picture that she's got like some shackles on and maybe they're run through the, uh, the seat and uh, she'll kind of rattle them a little bit and say, Prairie Dog Pete, these chains are rattling all of our deaths. Salvation ain't no place to play around with. She kind of looks through the window. I reckon you don't make it through the night. Yeah, I'm going to back up her dog Pete here and just kind of like elbow her a little bit and say, you don't even know the capability of Prairie Dog Pete. That's right, and uh, my my partner here, Armadillo Andreas, well, he's the fastest gun in the West, so uh, if anybody's going to be uh, down in the dirt today, I reckon it's going to be you, ma'am. I'm sorry to have to say. <laughs> That's right. And uh, let's see, immediately behind them is uh, Smiley, Sylvester Snyder. Uh, does he have any comment or anything he wants to say? I reckon we're all going to hell, so what does it matter? And I just start drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with Peter Kent next up in the train? Uh, well, Peter Kent has already, uh, I'm thinking before this happens, he's already gotten all the info he needs to know from the prisoner. But he's kind of curious about this sinister-looking dude. And he's just going to take some notes and surreptitiously uh, uh, kind of look over him because he feels like maybe something's not quite right with that guy. Okay, let's have our first roll of the game and have you roll a perception check. Uh, did you want us to roll physical dice for this, Merrick, or, or, or the roll 20 system? Whatever you choose. All right. Um, I'm going to be rolling physical dice. Okay. So just so I uh, understand this then, um, would this be noticed then? Yeah, I'm bringing up the character sheet so that I have all of the actual names of the skills. And yes, it would be notice. Okay. So is that uh, then a D6 and a D... Or no, I'm sorry, a D8 and a D6, if I understand correctly? As Peter Kent, yes, you've got a D8 and then a D6 for your wild die. Okay. Let's see what happens. Uh, seven and a five. 
Okay, so you take the higher, your target number is four. So with a seven, you have succeeded, but not with a raise. Uh, So you're kind of taking your notes and you're looking over your shoulder and you can see this man. uh, He's very, very thin. Uh, He looks, you know, maybe in his early 50s uh, and just kind of emaciated. And he's got kind of a small snifter of a clear liquor and his hand shakes a little bit and he belts it back and when he uh, looks up and looks at you he kind of scowls uh, Pete will just look innocent by raising his eyebrows and taking some more notes alright uh, what is Maximilian Klaus up to? um <clears throat> Is this the young lady in the corner over here? Yes, that is the young lady who looks very well dressed and um, like she has money. Okay. Um, as Maximilian Klaus is a an old man, and this looks like a toilet, he probably has to pee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to make his way. Oh, God. I'm grabbing everything. Stop. Ah! Why is everything moving the wrong way? <laughs> Oh my god, what is happening? I don't know, you're moving you, and then, whoa, you shot off real <laughs> why, far. Why am I off to... Hold on. What is... What? Ah! Okay. You had to use the fork. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh no, he's on the train tracks. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> oh god. I've moved okay. you. Ah! <laughs> my screen closed. <laughs> I just... Oh god. I'm out of... Okay. So... Maximilian goes to the bathroom, and on his way past the young woman, you know, he looks over, sort of tips his hat, gives his best creepy little smile, his uh, Fräulein, and then just dawdles off into the into the into the bathroom to, to okay. take his little tinkle. She kind of watches you as uh, you're coming up, like kind of having her hair a little bit over her face and uh, when you say Fräulein to her she kind of turns away and looks out the window like the very sort of prim turn like offended or coy like a little bit out of her element okay so not not a not a no All right, and then so uh, Maximilian heads to the back to go to the washroom. Oli. Ollie. Ollie. Um, Ollie, she has um, her ledger out. She has, like, um, I don't know, what do they write with? Not quills? Not a pen. Yeah. She has, like, a fancy pen, and she's making notes on, like, how many passengers and how much of a charge per passenger and timesing it by, you know, the cost of running the train and she's doing some number crunching. Okay. So everybody's established and then you hear the train whistle go. You're not quite certain what that might mean. Um... Actually, does anybody... Well, everybody has... uh, What's that skill? Local knowledge. 
common knowledge. So everybody could make a common knowledge roll to see if they uh, know what this particular train whistle at this length means. I got a three. Yes, target number is four. I got a three. So I total my dice, right? Uh, no, you just choose the highest die. Oh, four. Oh, uh, oh no, sorry. It's four on my eight. Four on my, <laughs> my D4. Uh, so do I roll that again? Nat? You do. I got a five. Okay. Hey, and then... I also got a five. Okay. Earl, how much did you get? Six. I got eleven. Wow, an 11. You aced twice? Yeah, I aced twice and then a 3. Nice. So yeah, you're going to get uh, a raise. So everybody except for Ollie um, knows that the uh, that particular train whistle means uh, danger. And uh, Armadillo Andreas has heard this particular whistle on this train line before and there's a little bit more nuance and what it says is outlaws right i'm a big fan of trains so i'm just gonna look at my partner and kind of give him a nod like you gotta be ready uh, all right well we're I actually perfect my gun and just like just be ready, like to the point that I might accidentally shoot one of the passengers. I'm just so... <laughs> the uh, the woman in front of you. the woman in front of you kind of ducks down a little bit, uh, and everybody is going to get initiative cards. Do I just pull them out of my own deck? No, I got it. Uh, hang on one sec. It's so tempting to draw, though. Yeah, Dave's just been itching to hit that draw button, uh, Merrick. Uh, yes, uh, I have a thing that will deal specifically to the turn order. So if you go to the left part of your screen and click on the little clock, it'll bring up the turn order. Ooh. So, uh, having drawn this, it worked perfectly. Uh, I disagree. The, uh, the <laughs> outlaws that are riding up on the right-hand side of the train um, got a queen. Armadillo Andreas pulled a jack. Peter Kent with a nine. Prairie Dog Pete with a seven. Ollie Fenner with a s- also a seven. But uh, the tiebreaker is in suits. So, hearts goes before uh, or no, sorry, spades goes before clubs. And then Sylvester Smiley with a five and Maximilian Klaus with a three. Now, everybody has the opportunity right now to spend a Benny and draw an additional card and choose the better. Nope, I'm good. Hard yeah. pass. This yeah. doesn't feel like an opportune moment to do it, but this feels like an in-character thing. Where I'm absolutely going to spend a Betty because I want to be the first one firing a gun. 
Okay, so why don't you go ahead and draw a card? I don't know what'll happen. Okay. So I just click on it? And click draw. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so one. Um, okay, so I got the Queen of Spades. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Did you? Oh, I can't see it. It just says one card. Oh, yeah. I click on it and it says Queen of Spades. Oops, I think I stole it. Okay. Let it go. Hey, let so it I say go. let it go? Yeah. No, don't steal it. Oh, no. I don't know where it went. Sorry, I grabbed it. I was looking at it to see if I could see what it was. Oh. <laughs> I can confirm it was the Queen of Spades. I believe it is the Queen of Spades, and I will change you to the Queen of Spades, and okay. you will get to go first, because that's an incredible pull. Okay. Don't kill anyone, please. Oh, well, I'm going to try to kill someone. We'll kill the right people. <laughs> So, Prairie Dog Pete uh, gets to go first. Um, what do you do? So, can I see those bandits? Um, as you stand up and you're holding your gun and you're looking around, uh, you look through the window and you can see some dust rising as uh, six outlaws on horses are riding up. Um, one in the back is uh, pulling a seventh horse on a lead. Okay. Um and there's kind of a door at the back of the car there, right? There is. So I would like to run out of the door, kind of pop out, uh, shoot at uh, this closest one right here, and then duck back into the door. So, yeah. Sounds good. So how... Yeah, so you... Okay, so I'm going to get to about there. And then, so how does an attack roll work? I might have sort of missed that. Well, first, how much is your pace? Um, my pace is eight. Ooh, nice. You're very fast. So, yeah, you've used up five to get that far. You burst through the door, and the train's rattling along, and the wind's going, and you can see them. And then, uh, what weapon are you using? Um, at this range, I might want to use my Winchester. Actually. Yeah, so they are uh, 11 paces away. Okay. So yeah, the front two are 11 paces. The range says 24, 48, 97. Nice. So as you sort of steady your uh, your rifle, um, you're shooting in short range for a rifle, 24 paces, which means you're not going to take a negative um, for distance. But because you're on a rattling train and they're on a horse, you still take a minus two. Okay. You could spend this turn to stay stationary and aim so that you can shoot next turn with no negative two, but then you don't duck back into the train. That does not sound like a prairie dog beat movie. He's going to fire as soon as he sees All right. So you roll your shoot skill plus your wild die. Okay. I got two fours. Okay, so with a minus two, that yeah. is not going to hit because you're getting a two versus their uh, versus um, the target number of four. So uh, you could spend another Benny to re-roll both dice if you want. I will duck back into the train. Okay. You can uh, choose how far you move back, and that's the end of Prairie Dog Pete's turn, uh, which means it's time for the Outlaws... Um, I got shot in the bathroom by accident. 
okay, so actually, what I'm going to do is have Prairie Dog Pete make a notice roll at a minus two as he's ducking back in. Uh, that is a, uh, is there negatives for rolling ones? <laughs> Did you roll snake eyes? Yes. That's a crit fail. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm so excited for this. So okay. excited. I was really, so, really eager. I was going for it. I was not noticing. All right. So as you, um, uh, so because it's a notice roll, I'm still going to give you what you see, but the crit fail is going to uh, complicate the situation. So Mm -hmm. as you're ducking back in, you look back over your shoulder, and as they're readying their weapons, you see that all of them have uh, a long red bandana that sort of goes down uh, their chest a little bit, and they are definitely part of the Red Reaper gang that is led by Songbird. So, as you notice that, but with the crit fail... Uh, you try to close the door and it swings back open and one of the hinges uh, snaps and the door is hanging and unable to be closed. Why are you breaking my train, man? Just just leaving that, I'm just gonna just lean against the wall with my uh, Winchester and call out to Armadillo. Armadillo! They're here for the songbird! At which point Songbird will say, you're ruined now there, friend, to Armadillo. I ain't your friend. <laughs> okay, now it's time for the outlaws. So they are going to ride forward. And uh, I don't actually know how fast a horse is, so I'm just going to assume that they've got the speed to get up. And they ride up and they get beside the train. And you can see the woman in front. Uh, she gets ready to leap and grab onto the side of the train. She's not a wild card, so I'm just rolling this. Yes, she did it. And so she. Uh, rides her horse up and reaches out and jumps and grabs onto the side of the train, pulls herself up, and uh, pulls out her uh, Colt Frontier. And then the rest of them are sort of like coming up. Uh, Let's have uh, this other lady uh, with the you know, rice farmer hat uh, move up and she's going to sort of run up the side of the train. And then you can hear her shouting. And she says, Della! Della! Songbird's at the back of the car! And now it's Armadillo Andreas' turn. Alright, I'm gonna shout to everyone, Everybody get down! And I'm gonna, uh, can I push Songbird down behind the bench and just have, uh, um, ready to take a shot for the one person coming on. You can even shoot through the window at uh, the one who is shouting. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that. 
I mean, the window's closed, so Ollie might not be happy about that. He'll he'll understand, or she'll understand the name of Justice. <laughs> okay, so you're fight you're shooting at a minus four because you're through a window and shooting at a person on a horse. Actually, no, she's holding herself pretty steady alongside, looking in. So it's only a minus two. All right. Uh, 15. I am. Jeez. 15. Okay, so 15 beats it by 11. That's two raises. Um, So... Uh, roll your damage for whatever gun you were using plus 2d6. Uh, 11, uh, 12 damage. So you beat her uh, toughness by seven, which is one raise. So she is shaken and wounded. So you fire, and uh, do you want her to fall off her horse, or do you want her to hang on to the horse? Either way, she's out of the fight. I want her to fall off the horse. All right. So she's riding and riding, and she's shouting back, and you just and the window shatters and she just ooh, and you see her fall off the side and thunk, 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 and uh, the people keep riding and like the outlaws are looking back and then they're readying their guns okay and then can I just say to Songbird you ain't getting out here so fast now <laughs> and she kind of smiles and then like kicks you a little bit in the foot her arms still shackled to the uh, to the bench, uh, and so it is Peter Kent's turn. And as he is beginning to take his action, you'll notice that every other passenger on the train, you would assume that they would be getting a little upset. They're all just looking to the side out the window. Nobody's taking cover. Huh. That doesn't sound bad at all. Okay, so Peter is going to so page six. Um, is it one square per pace? For that is correct. Okay. And do we get a diagonal or... Um... Yeah, diagonals are fine. Okay. One, two, three. So Peter's going to move to this window here. Um, I thought I would... Uh, can I slam open the window and take a photograph of my blocked camera of the woman flying off the horse? Uh, yeah, I think it takes a little while for your uh, for your camera to go, but it's all happening real quickly. So <laughs> I think it's awesome. And you're hanging out the side of the uh, of the uh, window, yeah. taking a picture. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so that's um, I'm not sure what skill that is. Yeah, what skill would that be? Uh, shooting? <laughs> Can I use shooting for that? I'm <laughs> shooting a photo? No, but um. You know, what could that be? That could be... I've got athletics. Uh, It could be notice. I suppose notice, yeah. Okay. Um, So that, for me, that is a D8 and then the D6. Okay. Here goes... Oh, the D8 was a 1 and the D6 was a 4. So I guess a 4? 
Okay, a four is a success, so you're holding it really steady, and you're getting what you think is probably going to be a really great picture. Excellent. All right. Uh, is this kind of like D&D, like one action per turn sort of a thing? That's correct. Okay. And because that was great and played into your character's uh, uh, hindrances, you get a Benny for that. Sweet. Thank you. Ollie Fenner's turn. All right. So Ollie's going to stand up and she's going to be very calm. And as she kind of walks over here, she's going to be checking on people and just being like, Nothing to worry about. We've got lots of lawmen here. Please just take cover and be patient. This will be dealt with momentarily. And then she'll move to here and she will steady her uh, Lamat revolver and shotgun um, to take a shot when someone comes around the stairs. Nice. Uh, what is your pace? Six. I measured it. Okay, so you're going to aim for this round. Yeah, I am. And as I'm like trying to like just tell people like it's okay, just take cover, nothing to worry about. Do they do, I, do they react at all? Do they still just stare at the window? Most of them are staring at the window. Um, as you sort of uh, were moving, uh, the let's see. The fancy-dressed man in front of you would have sort of, like, nodded his head, uh, but that's about the most reaction you get from the from the other passengers. Should I roll something to see if this is weird? I mean, it's real weird. I'm not familiar with the West. Is this not how they react to train heists? You'd assume that somebody would be screaming or diving for cover. She's just really used to it. Uh, yeah, there's a... Is there an insight? There's an occult that might apply. I don't know if you have it, Ollie, but... Uh... Ollie does not. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to pull up the um, the rule book and just have all the skills in front of me for a situation such as this. I mean, maybe notice. Common knowledge. Yeah, you can roll common knowledge to see if this is their if this is their custom. I like the use of the word custom. Like, oh, it's a it's a train robbery. Everybody, look out the window. As is the ways of our ancestors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, turn right, ninety degrees. I aced, so I got an eight. Nice. Nice on the wild thing. I don't know if that matters. No, it does not make a difference. Okay, so you are going to uh, succeed with an edge. Or with a raise edge. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, Okay, so uh, this is definitely not something that uh, you would expect would be like they're all taking this really calmly um and then uh you notice that their mannerisms have all become very similar where beforehand they were all like 
you know, acting like regular people. This is, uh, it's a very sudden change where they're all doing the exact same thing and kind of stiff. Hmm, okay, I'll note that away, but I don't know what to do about it yet. All right, and then so you take the aim action with your weapon for somebody to come through that door, and it is Smiley's turn. Okay, so, Merrick, I'm wondering, do I need to load something to know if this is my old gang? Oh, you're quite aware. You probably had heard of Songbird, but you'd never met her in person. But when the other person ri- uh, rode up, you recognized her, the one who took a tumble. Okay. So I'm going to turn to Songbird and say, Well, that's just my luck. You see, I've been running from these uh, reapers for I don't know how long. And then I'm going to just like roll my eyes at her because I'm like, This is just my life. My life sucks. And then. Um, I'm going to, I think, move away out of the line of fire a little bit. <laughs> and uh, kind of just sit between the pretty girl and the strange businessman type of person. And just kind of be like, how y'all doing? Um, I, uh, I'd really not like to uh, not get noticed. And I, I know in my life I'm just going to get shot right in the teeth if I can't get uh, So... Just don't mind me. And then I would just like to spend my turns drinking because I think it says liquid curds round, one round of drinking keeps vigor. So I don't know if that means like on my next turn I would have more vigor. Or I don't know what that means. But, uh, is that, what is the ability under? Uh, it says edges and advantages. Yes, but uh, what's its name? Is that the habit? Um... Yeah, it just says liquid courage. One round of drink increases vigor. So I, I don't know if that's to be It's not under Okay. Yeah. No. Then that's good. That is a that is a good thing. Uh, so increases vigor. I'm assuming it's probably going to increase by a die size. Okay. Cool. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm probably going to just kind of drinking. I'm probably oblivious to this people are acting weird because I just assume like, oh, my life sucks anyways. Everything's coming out. I just want to let you know, Kitty, for that ability, it does make your smarts and agility go down by one, so that means your shooting is going to be worse if you do choose to shoot. Oh, okay, that's okay. Though. It seems very like what you Yeah? Smarts and agility go down, but your shooting doesn't because it's not that type of system. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I lied. Nope, that's all good. So I'm just... Yeah, we're all learning. ...and uh, keep drinking and also kind of, like, put my hat down so that, like, my old gang hopefully doesn't recognize me. Um, and I'm just going to spend this turn drinking. I don't know if that's an action or not. I assume it's probably is. So... Yeah, you're taking your turn to drink. Um... And the woman behind you, in sort of a monotone, will say, It's a bit of an exciting trip. More exciting than I expected. Then it's Maximilian Klaus's turn. You're in the washroom, and you hear gunfire. Oh, um... Okay, I, uh... 
What do I do? I move here. <laughs> and I peek out the door. And then I just shut the door and hold it shut. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, then uh, if you're all done, we're going to draw new cards for a second round. Moving up. There we go. Damn. New initiatives. And Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. <laughs> and Prairie Dog Pete gets to go right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to, uh, still clutching my Winchester, I'm just going to tell, say, what the devil's wrong with you, Locke? Get to cover and let the law dogs handle this! And I'm going to go charging back out of the door, and uh, I'm just going to like shoot from the hip, just Arnold Schwarzenegger style, try to just uh, get her right in the gut. Sweep that street. Is there Excellent. a penalty now that we're both on the screen? No penalty, you just have to hit a four. Okay. So I got a five. Five. All right, so go ahead and roll damage. Okay, and it's just what it says there, 2d8. Oh, is that a minus one? Oh, okay, 2d8 minus one. No, that's your range. Yeah. Okay, so that is uh, nine damage. Nine damage. Okay, so that is, oh, that is exactly a raise. And so you gut shot her, and she ugh, and she grabs at the uh, at the side of the train, and sort of her fingers slip, and she falls backwards off of it. I'm gonna just let up, let out a yeah, and then uh, just duck back into uh, my cover spot again. Perfect. Armadillo Andreas's turn. And then I'm also gonna call out, "I got one, Armadillo." That's one one, prairie dog. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay, I uh, I'm now going to point the gun at um, Somber and say, "What do you have planned going on here?" And can I like try to get her to say something? Yeah, so let's see. Is there... There is an intimidation. So uh, you could go ahead and try and intimidate her. Do you have it as a skill? Would it be... I have under skills like taunt. Is that intimidation? No, taunt is actually just to like get under somebody's skin. If you're trying to get her to talk, you need to either intimidate with the gun or persuade her with some... uh, friendlier means. Oh, okay. I mean, you could try and taunt something out of her, I suppose. Like, getting her to lose her cool. Yeah, kind of like that. More of like a, this is a real turd burger of a plan. Yeah, like, you're already down too. I don't know what you have going on here, but it's not working. I like it. That's a good taunt. Go ahead, roll. So your taunt plus your wild die. Uh, ten. I hit it up to max and get eight. You look at those dice. All right. Uh, so with a ten, uh, I hadn't. There was no negative. So yeah, you you succeed with a raise, and she kind of wild eyed says, "I ain't going back to salvation. My 
my my gang, they knew that they needed to take me off this train. Hell or high water. And with the rays, she would... Uh, she would say... That place ain't right. It's not right at all. Six months I've been gone. Couldn't have been getting any better after I left. She knew, Pete. She knew. She ain't going back. No matter what she wants, we're the law around here. (laughs) Darn right. All right. (laughs) All right. So then that is on to the outlaws. And so uh, the other three are going to ride up and uh, try and jump on. There were four more. Yes, three are. uh, The one leading the horse is not going to attempt to uh, jump. He looks like an older guy. He's got white mustaches. I'm going to use one of my bennies. There we go. Now they uh, aced, so they succeed with a raise. Double boo. (laughs) Okay, and so I get a number of bennies equal to the number of players. So I have six, and I've just spent one, so now I have five. Also, if I have any wild cards, they get two of their own. I'm feeling a little outnumbered here over by the back of the train. <laughs> You've made bad choices. <laughs> and so they, uh, oh, prairie dog. I have overconfidence as my main hindrance. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you go ahead, guns blazing at them next turn, I'll give you a Benny for being overconfident. If you go back to a little bit more safety probably a better choice, but you won't get the Benny. Uh, so the three of them ride up, and they start leaping onto the train and getting over. Uh, but that is their action. So it is Peter Kent's turn. Okay, well, there's not much action happening out by the window now, so um, Peter's gonna move one, uh, two, three, four, Five, six, right up next. That's a that's a spot to choose. Your uh, fingers off the push to talk again, Earl. Oh, sorry. He's setting himself up for uh, for for some really good photographs. So we're gonna take a shot of uh, <laughs> this guy here and the menacing bandit. Excellent. <laughs> now, do you have um, investigation? I do not. I have athletics, common knowledge, notice, persuasion, stealth, occult, shooting, taunt, and thievery. Okay, I thought I'd given you investigation. I must have taken it off. So we are going to keep going with pers- uh, with uh, notice as your camera shot. So go ahead and make another notice roll. The D- D6. Uh, four and a five. All right. So you get a nice shot where you're pretty sure uh, the bandit, uh, sort of like a, a mixed dark skin looking man uh, with a big hat and a 
a heavy duster with a mantle is sort of like looking around the corner with his gun up. Beautiful framing. Sweet. Maximilian Klaus, you hear as a whole bunch of boots hit the uh, train outside the bathroom. Um, okay. Sorry, crazy things are happening here. Um, I'm going to uh, open my door again and uh, sort of whisper across to uh, uh, the, the two Peters. Um, excuse me, gentlemen. Uh, what is happening right now? Take cover, old timer. There's bandits afoot. We got no good outlaws here. Uh, I suggest you remain safe. Okay, well, I'll weigh my options. <laughs> I will. Uh... Can you split movement? You can. Cool. Well, uh, I do want to get back to that pretty girl I think I have a shot with. Uh,. So, I'm going to take a, a step out of the bathroom, and, uh, you know, I'm a doddering old man, but I'm not a blind old man. Uh, so, uh, I see these, uh, clearly, obviously they're outlaws, right? I would think. Very clear. Um, I'm going to reach into my pocket, and I'm going to pull out a small vial, and huck it at them. And I'm going to, uh toss a fluoride formula at them. Uh, so the effect on my character sheet got cut off, so I don't really know uh, what the range is. Oh, it just says success creates a cone template. Everything within something, I don't know what, suffers 2d6 damage. Yeah, and they're going to get to make an evasion roll against that. So it is success creates a cone template. Everything within suffers 2d6 damage or 3d6 with a raise. Uh, so. Oh, sorry. Oh. I thought I thought the within would be like an area. Uh, no. So in the back of the Savage Worlds book, there's uh, cone templates that you just uh, okay. uh, print out. So it's a, it's cool. a very specific thing. But you're going to catch all three of them. So you go ahead and make a weird science roll. Uh, okay. Weird science. Eight. Where's my D8? There it is. Ooh. Mostly, yes, Weird Science is a wonderful movie. I rolled an eight on my eight. Oh, man. All right. Roll again as you ace. I rolled another eight. <laughs> the dice are exploding. Boom. And a five. So, 21. Wow. Yep. Thank you. All right, so you go ahead. You go ahead and roll uh, 3d6. And uh, I'm going to quickly check if evasion even comes up in the situation. A one, a four, and a six. So I reroll my six, right? That is correct. And another one. So, uh, what is that? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So um, I've double checked evasion, and it only comes up when attacks are telegraphed. So it's like, you know, you're readying a big flamethrower to shoot. When you're throwing out your fluoride formula, there's no telegraph, they don't get evasion. 
And I'm sort of so, I'm doing it as I'm sort of doddering off this direction. Well, you did 12 damage to all three. Their toughness is five, so that means one raise, which means they are wounded. And as they are extras, they're all done. So how do you want to do this? Oh, uh, oh, uh, it's got to be like the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz. And I, I, it's like I just hucked a bucket of water on them. And they're just like, ah! and they start like stumbling around and one of them trips off and goes under the train and then the other two off the side. No, 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 keep they're one. Gone. Oh, you need one kept? I need there's, one kept. I've one, been, I've been more saving a, an amazing line. Oh, but I mean, they're they're dead, dead. Are you just, you want to talk to them? Yeah, I've got a zinger I've been waiting to use. All right, we'll say that the uh, the guy who's furthest around the corner uh, in the sombrero, uh, like, sort of slumps down and is breathing heavily. After uh, I'm changing the effect of my fluoride, their, their skin's melting off. <laughs> oh, it's not breathing. He's labored breathing. It's very painful. Yay. Um, and uh, what is it that Ollie Fenner wants to say? Ollie will go up to the last guy who's there, who's breathing very heavily, and say, um, you did not... Uh, how does British people talk? <laughs> <laughs> All smart and hoity-toity. Uh, you did not pay for your ticket, sir, and she'll kick him off the train. And so, uh, Jen, you, you kick the guy off after the excellent line, and uh, the old man with the uh, with the mustaches kind of peels off, taking uh, the horse that he's riding and the other horse. Oh, I gotta mark down my... Uh, after um, telling the old man to hide and then seeing him fry three people, I, I'm just gonna kind of say, uh, I, I changed my mind. More of that. Do more of that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Prairie Dog Pete looks pretty young, right? Um, yeah, like he's he's probably like maybe like 19 or something. He's got oh, like that a- is. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I will uh, look at Prairie Dog Pete and go, you know, young man, if you wish to repay me, I could use um, maybe a lock of your hair? If it's not too much to ask, an old man. <laughs> I got weird. It's going to get uh, weirder. I'm, I must confess, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's a rather uh, strange request, but... Uh, it's just, you know, you, <laughs> go you ahead. did help him out of a tat spot, and uh, I, I must admit, uh, I was shaking a little bit, so, uh, all right, I suppose. <laughs> I'm going to take my Bowie knife and just flip a little thing and just, like, strangely, but, like, very naively, trustingly, just hand you my hair. Oh, and, and I'll say, uh, thank you. Can I get some with the root? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just reach over and pluck one out of his right. out of his head. Yeah, I'll pull a tiny pouch out of my uh, out of my inside pocket that might be full of other hair. Who knows? And I just 
tuck it all in there, is put Peter, it in. Is Peter Kent taking a picture of this? <laughs> Unquestionably. <laughs> all right. The immediate danger has passed. What does everybody want to do? Uh, I'm just, after having a strange uh, encounter with Klaus um, and realizing that Armadillo didn't see it at all, just to say, Armadillo, the, the people on this train are mighty weird. Yeah, I'll reckon that, but at least we got the bandits. Yeah. And I want to ask Merrick, was it the lady or the guy behind me that said that thing about how, like, Oh, this is not a regular Tuesday for a train ride, or whatever they said about like how this doesn't seem quite normal. Um, that was the lady. I just kind of want to lean over because I'm sitting in the bench behind her, and I just want to kind of say like, um, I'm gonna say sorry, I forgot how my voice goes. Maybe like, well, gee, I know I have terrible luck, but I don't think this happens to most folks. Are you saying this is a regular occurrence for you, ma'am? That's a, that's a little bit strange, don't you think? And she was speaking in this monotone voice and, um, and like, staring out the side. And then she kind of, like, turns towards you and she smiles just a little bit. And she says, Well, I don't know exactly what I meant by that. This was definitely a... An, incredibly harrowing experience. Excuse me. I believe I need to freshen up a little bit. Huh. Excuse me, old timer, as she kind of tries to step around Maximilian. Yeah. I tip my hat again, Fräulein, and I just sort of stare at her as she walks into the bathroom. Um, I just kind of chalk it up to that maybe I been drinking so much lately that my brain cells are starting to actually deteriorate and I think, hmm, maybe she wasn't. Maybe I'm the weird one here. That was kind of weird. Okay, then. Uh, Mr. Kent is going to take a photograph of the prisoner and ask her how she feels about uh, the failed rescue attempt. And she says, that spells Death and doom for us all. Can you describe the upcoming death and doom in greater detail? <laughs> Make a persuasion check. Make a persuasion check with a minus four. So I'm a D8 for that. Uh, four on the D8, four on the D6. And you said it was a minus. Well, I guess I fail, right? Yeah, because that's a that'll end up at a zero. Yeah. Uh, so she she kind of like turns away and gives a yank on her chains and says, "Our hours are numbered." Yeah, Jen, was that? Um. Ollie would like to go back to the train and kind of check on people and like check to make sure they're okay and pat on their shoulders and say like everything is all right it'll be just fine but her like comforting doesn't ever go to her eyes her eyes still look very like cold she's got like resting bee face um, but she's trying to make them feel comfortable so the um, the two 
uh, youngish boys, like, you know, around 14, uh, they're like, well, that was right exciting, miss. Does that happen often on your trains? No, it does not. And, like, the next group is saying, um, that was a little bit unexpected. I do believe that we would be entitled to some sort of recompense for the danger. Well, I do believe if you check your ticket, it does say we are not responsible for bandits or the ways of the Wild West. Um, but I can see this was a very hard experience for you, so I can see if I can get you perhaps some free peanuts. A real nice luxury would be like if you offered them ice. I don't. <laughs> and you keep on moving, and then the uh, the other person, um, a sort of suave-looking man, says, uh, Oh, that's mighty kind of you. No harm done. And the, uh, the other one who looks kind of like, you know, wrong side of the law, well, he just kind of nods and turns away to uh, to the window, and the older woman says, well, I have never suffered something as intense as this train ride. I, is there perhaps a place that a, a, a delicate woman could lie down? Um, absolutely, and you know what they say? It's good for your constitution. It's probably getting all of your... Mm, Vigors in order. Um, but you, there's an empty bench at the back if you wish to lie down. Just stay away from Songbird because I hear she's a murderer. Have a good ride. And she kind of stands up a little bit and looks back and goes, Oh, perhaps I'll stay up here then. Most excellent. Um, I'm wondering if I can uh, go talk to Songbird. And kind of ask her a little bit more what she, I have a persuasion. So I just want to ask her, like, uh, I want to say, listen, um, I know more than anybody that terrible luck follows you wherever you go. But you're talking about, like, eternal damnation. So I just want to understand what we're in for. Uh, what are you talking about? Um, and then I'm going to roll for that. So what do I roll? Yeah, and then I'm going to say that that one is going to be a minus two because you're coming at her kind of at her level. Um, and then so, yeah, you roll your persuasion die plus your wild die. Okay. I got a five. And a three. So the five minus two is a three, which is a failure because you need the four. Oh, right, that's right. Okay. You could spend a Benny and try and re-roll, or just pass on, and she kind of gives you the cold shoulder. If she just gives me the cold shoulder, I'm just going to say, well, that's to be expected. No ladies like me anymore. I don't got no good luck. And I just kind of, like, <laughs> and uh, just keep drinking. Oh, where's Miley? All right, so does everybody settle back into their uh, seats? I'm going to uh, uh, ask Armadillo, uh, hey, why don't you uh, keep an eye on Songbird? Uh, 
maybe it'd be a good idea to have somebody um, keep an eye on the planes. And uh, is there anywhere that I could like get a vantage point, like even climbing on the roof or something? Like is that reasonable? Would that probably kill me? <laughs> Uh, the train's not going incredibly fast. You can climb up onto the roof if you like. Okay. I, uh, I'm i going to trust Somber to Armadillo, and I'm going to uh, get up on the roof and try to keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. Excuse me, sir? <laughs> As um, Ollie sees you try to leave out the train, she yells at you. I'm going to, uh, before you even get an objection, I'm just like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, we're the law around here. Uh, we can, uh, got this covered. Don't worry. And, and just and straight up. Daggers. Eye daggers. So many eye daggers shot at you. If you scroll down in roll 20, you'll see the top of the train. Cool. And there's no like there's uh, the train's not moving too fast and there's no like time difficulty so you're able to climb up with no trouble. Okay. Um, is there anything that anybody wants to do or will time move forward? I'm not going to move the time forward. Okay. So, an hour passes, and there's a little bit of sort of friendly chit-chat going. You've spent about an hour and a half, two hours on the train at this point. It's a five-hour trip, and um, the, you know, outlaw attack is pretty interesting. Gets people a little bit more friendly and chatting with each other. Um... I would say let's start with uh, actually let's start with Maximilian because of course the young woman will have returned from the washroom. How is that conversation going? Oh, um, yeah. So basically uh, I'm, uh, you know, complimenting the young Fraulein. Um, you know, young miss, your your skin is so smooth, and your hair is so soft. You are so vibrant. Would you do an old man a favor and bless him with the gift of a lock of your hair? All right. So go ahead and <laughs> and make a persuasion check at a minus four. Don't forget to tell her you need the root. <laughs> uh, no, that comes later. Um, <laughs> sorry, at a minus four? Yeah. Are you counting my uh, minus one for ugly on persuasion rolls? So <laughs> I it's was a minus not, five? So it's a minus five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, minus three? <laughs> And she says, why, well, I couldn't possibly. My hair is the essence of my youth. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, why are you... <laughs> That's a weird way to phrase that, lady. Um... <laughs> Okay. Did I um, give away super something super important without me realizing? Did I give away my youth? <laughs> no, probably not. Who knows? Quit asking questions. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna look out the window past the young woman, and uh, and uh, just sort of be like, "Oh, uh, look at that in the, in the distance. It is a beautiful mountain." And when she turns her head, I'm just going to reach over and pull out one of her neck hairs. Because she's probably got her hair up like those Victorian women, you know? <laughs> Give me one sec. She actually does not have her hair up. Oh. Well. I can but, improvise. You, know, you can try, yeah. Um, let me see. You're going to try and distract her to look out the window. That is going to need to be a roll. Damn it. All right. <laughs> I bet you I fail that roll. Uh, what's that going to be? Uh, no negative, just your negative one. I believe it's still a persuasion. Can I try to help uh, David with this? <laughs> sure. So, David, before you roll. So, before you roll, I'm going to... I like. I'm like pissed drunk. I'm like, whatever, life sucks anyways. I mean, if someone else is a little bit miserable and gets their hair ripped out, it'll make me feel a little bit better about myself. So um, I'm just gonna also be like, wow, that that is a beautiful mountain. I mean, I would not want to miss that at all. So I would like to add to his like persuasion or whatever. I don't know how to, like just try yeah. to really your attention. Kind of. So you make a roll. Um, and I would believe that this is persuasion as well. And uh, no negative, you just need to get a four, and if you succeed, you give him a plus one. Okay, here we go. Okay, I got two fours. All right, so David, you are rolling at a... At a did I say a negative two? Uh, no, you said it was flat. Oh yeah, it's just, flat. Just my, just my ugly... You've got your negative one for ugly, and then a plus one from uh, <laughs> Smiley's help. So just a zero? <laughs> Straight up four. Gotta get a four. Ah, two threes. Alright, so she um, she kind of leans over and glances. I still try window. to grab her hair. You still try? Okay. As soon as she moves um, her head, I try to grab her hair. I mean, it's not hard. You can just, like, if you're not trying to be stealthy, you just grab and pull. I'm not trying to be stealthy at this point. Okay, it pulls away, and it comes away super easy in your hand. And as you look down at it, it's, like, dry and sort of brittle. Oh. Okay. Uh, I she reach turns, into... She okay, turns back <laughs> and doesn't seem to have noticed what you've done. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. Okay. I'm just gonna... I'm just going to reach out and poke her cheek. <laughs> Alright, she uh, kind of stares at you as mm -hmm. you are putting your finger out. Are you still going to poke as she's looking right in your eyes? Yeah, I'm just going to just, you know, poke her cheek. Just gently. Like, okay. not, I'm not poking her, but like, you, you know. You touch her cheek and it's dry and sort of Ah, 
and it's dry and sort of like really you know papery and she kind of smiles at you okay um I am gonna reach into my other breast pocket and pull out a different baggie and put her hair in that one that might have other weird hairs in it who knows no one knows and I stick it back in my pocket and I just um excuse myself uh Thank you for your time, Fraulein. I am, uh, must be taking my leave. And then I just uh, get up and, uh, I don't know where I go. Uh, <laughs> wander back this way and uh, glare at the kids on my way by. Yeah, I'm going to say, because I also pretty much saw this, because this happened right in front of me. <laughs> and yep. I'm like, I'm not as discreet as that. I kind of stand up and I'm like, whoa! Um... Uh, uh, and then I'm just gonna like walk away. Also, I'm totally freaked out. <laughs> I'm just like, and then I, I I look at like Songbird too because I'm like, is this like what she meant? Like, are we? Is this like, are we? What is happening? I'm just like having like a total mental breakdown. Um, and I'm gonna try to find a different seat. I'll go between our photographer friend and that other businessman, and just kind of be like. Oh. I need another drink and then just drink. Okay. Um, and so uh, next up, I will have Armadillo Andreas uh, make me a perception check. Sorry, a notice. Three. All right. So, um, Songbird has gotten like really quiet, and she seems to be like, you know, shaking her head a little bit, kind of talking under her breath. And you catch the words like, oh, "Maybe I can make a run for it when they take me to the hole." I've still got friends in Salvation. You ain't going nowhere, man. Who knows? All right. Some institution will be good for you. She says, ain't nothing good in salvation. That mining town is death pit. I'd like to lean over to um, Peter, the photographer, and say, um, I'm going to take another swig of my drink and say, listen, if you want a real nice picture, you better go talk to that that lady there. She's, she's uh, falling apart. Her hair's like straw. It's real weird. It is weird. Thanks for the tip. And uh, Peter will go over and uh, none too surreptitiously snap a photograph. Before you do that, as you're getting up and moving, I'll get you to make a notice roll. D8, D6. Three on the D8 and a two on the D6, so I'm thinking not. Not a success. Uh, but you go over and uh, you go to take a picture and... Um, 
the woman sort of smiles prettily and she says, Now, is that one of those fancy cameras that take a picture of you? I heard that they capture your soul. Rank superstition, man. It's, ma'am, it's science. The miracle of silver nitrate. Well, please do sure, um, please be sure to get my good side. And she kind of turns and poses a little bit. Ma'am, you only have good sides. Smooth. Not by touch. (laughs) Very rough to touch. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, you snap your picture. Uh, We move forward. Um, I suppose that would be... Let's do Ollie. Um, Could you make me a notice check? I can, and I got... Ooh, I got a six in the wild die, so I'll roll again. Eight. Okay, so that's a success with a raise. And so, uh, what are you doing? I've gone back to my notes and my ledger taking. Um, actually, maybe I'm writing in my, like I have a, not a journal, something more businessy where I'm recording the strips. I'm writing about the bandits. Okay. Um, and so as you're doing that, you see a, um, a cockroach crawling along the floor and it crawls sort of underneath the uh, seat in front of you. And uh, you look up at the man who's sitting there and he kind of reaches back and scratches at his neck. And for a moment, uh, his fingernails are like yellow and cracked and look uh, very old. I don't even know. Oh, I don't even know what to do with that information. Which guy is that? The mustache guy? Yeah. Yes, the fancy dress man. Probably all. Um, I'll be very weirded out, but I just will go back to writing. Like, oh, she'll probably think in her head that they're not getting enough of some sort of nutrients out here in the West. All right. And then on the top of the train, Prairie Dog Pete. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still scouting. I'm convinced that they'll be back in more numbers right now. So You're probably very cold. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, it's September right now, so it's not the height of summer in California. Is it the cut? Do I feel like I want to go back down, or? I mean, you've got your coat. You can uh, you can handle it. All right. Well, uh, I, I might not be moving the plot forward, but I, I think this was my plan. Unless <laughs> I, I see anything that anything tips okay. me off. Make me a notice roll. Uh, this one's going to be at a minus two. Uh, so I did roll a six, but it does the minus, does that ace or does that, uh, does that go the minus two? It aces. The minus two is applied after your dice are done rolling. Okay. So now I roll another d6. You do. Oh, oops. 
Oh, six. that's another six. So you roll it down. So I roll Keep again. on going. So that's a five. So then minus two. So what was that? That'd be a 15 altogether? A 15. So that succeeds by 11. So you get a success with two raises. Oh. Right. And uh, you're scanning the, uh, the horizon. There's no... Uh, no sign of any pursuit or any danger. But as you're sort of looking, you notice that the uh, the train engine it's belching a bit more smoke than usual. It's a bit darker, and there's kind of like it's a bit a it's a thick smoke, and you're almost seeing movement, designs, a little bit of something that catches the eye in it. And you swear for a second there's a little red glowing fire. And with your two raises, you can see the, uh, the train ahead of you kind of warp just a little bit. You're not certain, like, maybe you're getting lightheaded, but the train seems to ripple and the metal seems to get a little bit darker and you swear for just a second that there are sort of skeletal hands reaching up from the side. And then you look again, and it's it's just the it's just the metal grating on the side of the train. But it something about like the smoke still looks wrong. Like there's hands coming from under the train, reaching up. Yeah, like big, massive, giant hands. But no, huh. that's definitely not there. Okay. Uh, that was weird, and uh, and it is pretty chilly up here. So I'm going to uh, to climb back down to the bottom of the train. Uh, I'm still kind of got my uh, my Winchester. I've now kind of got it cocked over my shoulder, just like in my picture. Uh, I'm going to climb back down, um, walk through the cart towards the engine, and uh, I'm going to. Um, I guess I I wouldn't whisper because I have a big mouth. So I'm going to say, uh, Armadillo, uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, something's, uh, there's something kind of funny here. I think um, something's rubbing me the wrong way uh, about that engine. Uh, I, I don't want Songbird to get away, but I'm just going to go give it a, a little peek, if you don't mind. Are you okay, Prairie Dog? You seeing something? Well, I don't, I don't really think... Know. Oh, I think we should take a look, then. Uh, uh, Songbird's pretty locked up here. Get someone to take a look after her. You, you think that we should uh, maybe have uh, one of these people here uh, keep an eye on her? You think we can trust anybody here? Are you guys at a Mayberry? <laughs> Well, I, I think with the bandits, a couple people helped out, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to have them keep helping out. Uh, all right, well, uh, hey, hey, you feller, I'm going to point it close, and uh, at Maximilian, and be like, uh, you there, uh, you seem pretty good at melting faces, and, uh, you don't seem uh, to be a friend to the Red Reapers. 
how you feel about uh, keeping an eye on uh, this, uh, this one here as uh, we go check something out? Um, I mean, I am a, a, an old man of science, but if you think that I can watch a murderer? Um, certainly, uh, I suppose. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't do anything for free. Uh, I think I already gave you the essence of my youth, so, uh, that should be payment enough. Uh, <laughs> where did you hear that phrase, essence of your youth? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what makes you think that I have any of it? <laughs> uh, uh... <laughs> Yeah. I, I, listen, what kind of payment are you talking about? You want more hair? <laughs> no, 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 no. I have all of the, all of your hairs that I need, but but um, I could maybe use a little bit of your saliva, uh, your spit, spit. I think that's. I really thought that was going somewhere else for a second. Uh, there's a big long build to this. Don't worry. Sorry, what? I'm going to spit on the ground and say, now why would you want his spit? Um, you know, science. I am, I am uh, a seeker of knowledge and truth. And there's... More truth in saliva than in um, many a man's heart. Listen, sir, uh, <laughs> I, I believe I've been trying to be fairly polite, uh, but I do believe uh, you are creeping the living bejeebers out of me. Uh, that said, uh, I do think there's something that's uh, worth uh, helping, uh, checking out, and you do seem like you are at least able to uh, fend off the enemy, so... Fine, I, I will give you some of my spit. Okay, I'll uh, I'll, I'll grab a, a I'll reach into another inside pocket. I have many inside pockets. Pull out a tiny vial and hold it out. And not on my fingers. I'm gonna like take the vial and like somehow it seems weird to do it in your presence. So I'm gonna like turn around and then spit into it and then like hand it to you as if that somehow makes it less weird. Okay, I'll put a stopper in it, stick it back in my in the in the pocket it came out of, and I will uh, get up and pass the young boys and glare at them again, and go sit across from Songbird. Uh, make me a notice check at a plus two. Ooh, okay. Uh, what's my notice again? Ooh, it's an eight. Coo, 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 coo. Uh, no, wrong dice. Eight and a six. Uh, four plus two, six. Okay. So as you move by and you're glaring at the young boys, you can see the two of them are sort of like huddled around something that they're looking at. And uh, just as you're moving by, one of them shifts and you can see that uh, the one with the sort of darker hair has his hand out and the one with uh, the reddish hair is pressing a nail through the hand. 
like a long iron nail. Okay. I'll just uh, shake my head and, and mutter, uh, children, they are so cruel to one another. And then uh, no. just Lay carry on. <laughs> Don't lay this train at all. Oh, kids are awful. Um, and so <laughs> and so I just go and sit uh, across from uh, Songbird. Oh, and she, okay, so um, very. Oh, and I smile at her and I say, "Hello, Fraulein." <laughs> That's it. That's all I say to her. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of rattles her chains a little bit and says, "Reaper." Um. Hello. She's calling you Grim Death. Oh, <laughs> because you're old and ugly. And like oh. murdered your people with one vial. Yes, well, the Reaper comes for everybody. Woo! <laughs> Sooner than you expect. Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. We do a different one shot every month, and I hope you check out our next one. Please rate and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at SkyhammerPress. Also, if you want monthly releases of homebrew content, pledge to our Patreon as a $3 minstrel at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. Uh, so we'll do a quick rundown of the rules of this Wild West supernatural horror game that is based on the rule set called Savage Worlds, the latest edition called the Adventure Edition, not the other one that I had bought and realized is 15 years out of date. Read 100 pages of that and then went, this is the wrong book. Uh, let's see. Next thing. Oh, last. Uh, bennies can also be used like fate points or plot points in other systems where you can just introduce something new to the narrative. So if you're like, oh, we got to hide these bodies. I'll spend a Benny. Lucky I found these shovels behind the shed. Suddenly we're in like, you know, like a 60s grooving. Yeah. Disco cowboy. Yeah.